The Divorced Girl Smiling Podcast with your host, Jackie Pilosoff. No one should have to go through a divorce feeling alone and isolated. The Divorced Girl Smiling Podcast is a production of Divorced Girl Smiling, where every show is 30 minutes aimed to empower you, help you feel validated and understood, and connect you with some of the best divorce professionals in the industry. So grab a cup of coffee or a glass of wine and start smiling as you join us right now for the Divorce Girl Smiling Podcast. Heard everywhere podcasts can be found and always at divorcedgirlsmiling.com. Before we get started, I want to talk about a wonderful divorce coach. Her name is Sherry Morris, and Sherry is an attorney turned divorce coach. She's also a co-parenting coach, and she also does discernment counseling, which is a process where you can go to her and figure out if you think getting divorced or staying together is a better option. Sherry has so much experience. She's been doing this for a long time. She's well-respected and well-known in the industry, and I just can't say enough about her. If you want to learn more about Sherry, you can find her at her website, DearDivorceCoach.com. I also want to talk about the law firm of Katz & Stefani, which is a Chicago-based law firm with offices also in Bannockburn. I have known co-founder Dan Stefani for over 20 years, maybe longer. He is such a wonderful person and he's so experienced. And I want to let you know that the niche of Katz and Stefani is high conflict, high asset, complex divorces. They are so wonderful at this and they've been doing it since they opened their firm in 2008. If you want to learn more, you can go to katzstefani.com and you can find both Katz and Stefani and Sherry in the trusted professional section of Divorced Girls Smiling. If you are listening to this and you're considering divorce or going through one, you're probably familiar with the term mediation. It's a way to get divorced. I am a big fan of it. It's a way to get divorced in a much more productive way, quicker, more amicable, less expensive. It's just a different process than going to a judge and going to court and having all these hearings and letting a judge decide your future. I believe that more and more people are mediating their divorces. I believe statistically it's showing that the industry is going this way, which is great. So a divorce mediator is a neutral. You probably know that. But today I want to talk about the word empathy, what it means, and why it's important in mediation. And this was not my idea. To talk about this, this was the idea of divorce mediator Brian James. And Brian and I have known each other for almost a decade He's a wonderful mediator, really well-respected in the industry. Everybody knows him. He's a parenting coordinator. And the name of his company is CEL and Associates. And Brian came to me and said, let's do a podcast on empathy because he recently had a life tragedy that led him to really think about empathy, empathy in general, but also empathy as a divorce mediator. So Brian, welcome to the show. Great idea. Thank you, Jackie. I appreciate it. 
Brian and I have done many, many podcasts together, and I'm really looking forward to this conversation, Brian, because empathy really is important in mediation, but also in life, right? Yeah. Empathy is so important in so many things that you do. It's just, it's crazy how important it is and what it can do to help people. All right. Define empathy in your words. Tell me, tell me what you think it means. So in my, in my words, empathy is the ability to understand why someone is doing something that they're doing or why they're saying what they're saying. It's if someone's mad, angry, crying, you name it, it's being able to understand why they're doing what they're doing at that exact moment. And how does that help somebody in life and in mediation? It helps people in mediation because having that empathy helps them to understand why someone's doing what they're doing, helping them to realize it may not be about them. It's about something with the other parent and that understanding why they're doing what they're doing at that particular time can help break an impasse because you really don't, if you don't have empathy, you really can't understand the other person. So for example, for people listening, if you're about to go in mediation or you haven't started the process yet or it hasn't been successful for you, I think what Brian, Brian, let's get a little more specific as to an example that could happen in mediation. Because what you're saying to me is when it's you realize it's not about me, this is his or her issue, what does that do? It maybe lets your walls down so that you're not so upset with the person, but more about, okay, this has nothing to do with me, right? So what is an example of that? Exactly. And, and you the, you say it's not about me. That helps people a lot because in divorce, people are defensive. They're, they are about themselves a lot of times, and they're not always looking out for what's best for everybody. A prime example is when someone gets stuck, when two people can't agree. And I'm in the mediation, I'm using all my skills and resources and all my abilities to help them, but they're stuck. And then I really look at why is this person stuck? Why is, you know, this pen you can't see, but I'm holding in my hand so important to that person that they won't agree. It's digging into why they're saying and doing what they're doing at that time. It could be something as simple as they had a bad morning getting their kids on the bus. It could be that something is a heirloom from a family member or something that makes them emotional. It may not even have to do with their divorce, but they're feeling emotional at the time. It could be that the couple had an argument the day before about something and it's rolling over into the mediation session. So it's trying to understand why can't they agree on something that seems to be simple and easy to agree to, but they're stuck. And they're stuck because of their emotions. So you as a mediator, how do you help get people out of that and see the empathy? I try to, in many different ways, get them to express why they're staying and doing what they're doing at the time. Not the superficial reasons. Oh, I'm getting divorced. I hate my spouse. No, that that's not, that's not it a lot of times. It's having them express to me and more importantly, they're soon to be X so they can hear why they're actually doing what they're doing. And there's a difference. I say hear, but actually it's listen. There's a difference between hearing 
and listening. Hearing is blah, 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 blah. You're not actually listening to what the person is saying. A lot of times when people are worked up, they're not listening to what their spouse is saying, but they're trying in their head to formulate their response. So they're not even listening to their spouse. So a lot of times I will reframe what someone is saying and say, hey, just so I understand it, did you say this? Here's what I thought you meant to say. Is this what you meant? Because I want the spouse to hear exactly and listen to what they are saying. That helps with empathy. Because sometimes, you know, in a divorce, they're not really listening to each other, which could part of the reason be why they're getting divorced in the first place, because they don't listen to each other. I do everything I can to make sure my clients are listening to each other. And I can see it in people. I can see when they're not listening. I can see when they're sitting here typing on their computer or on their phone and they're not really listening. So sometimes I'll say to a client, I'll kind of call them out and say, can you tell me what your spouse just said? And 99% of the time when I ask that question, they don't know what their spouse just said. They really don't. They maybe heard one or two things, but they're not actually listening. So Brian, this sounds a lot to me like marriage counseling, except the goal isn't to try to work things out. The goal is to try to get divorced where each person feels good about the settlement and then have a healthy co-parenting relationship for the future. So uh, what I want to say, what I'm taking away from this as, you know, um, just like an outsider, I would say that you're getting more benefits than just helping you get divorced less expensively, quicker. You're getting the benefit of learning how to communicate with your ex because people think that when the kid turns 18, I'll never have anything to do with them anymore. Nothing could be further from the truth. I have kids in their 20s and there's problems that come up. So really you're going to always be co-parents really what about like weddings when your kid's 30 and there's a wedding that that could happen too so this is wonderful what a wonderful benefit that is like an added extra thing that's really the most important thing yeah and it's and it's so you know technically mediation and divorce is about reaching black and white agreements you know there it should be unemotional it should be about the facts and the business side of it but in reality, it's not. It is emotional. It's very emotional. And a good mediator, in my opinion, has to be able to work with those emotions to the benefit of the parties. Because a lot of times, as you know, people get divorced because they don't communicate. Well, in mediation, I'm forcing them to communicate. I want my clients to remain good co-parents for their children. You know, they may be good parents, but maybe they have some issues co-parenting because of their communication issues. And that's where that empathy comes into play again, understanding why they're saying and doing the things they're doing. You know, I work with people who are divorced and discipline is an issue and understanding why someone is doing what they're doing, disciplining their child, rewarding their child, saying no, this or that helps to understand them in that particular situation. Because on the outside, it may not, may not make sense why they did that. But if the other spouse can understand or the parent can understand why they did that at that time, it's really important in working together as co-parents. So give me a concrete example. So 
somebody has a fit because their ex is not disciplining the kid and letting them get away with anything they want. And then you talk to the couple and you say, well, why are you doing this? And what would the person say? Here, here's the scenario. It's, it's, it's usually the parent who's not doing the strict discipline is the one that a lot of times has the children a majority of the time. So they're with the kids, you know, six out of seven days a week. And they have a couple of children and having children is busy. And it's difficult when you're working, when you're running the kids around, making breakfast, making lunch, making dinner, sometimes being that hardline discipline, like maybe the other parent wants because they only have the kids every other weekend or one even a week and every other weekend when they can just concentrate on that, getting that parent to understand that there's a lot more stuff going on than just be able to tell your child, no, you're going to not do this, or yes, you're going to do this. I'm going to make you do it. And all the ramifications and repercussions of that because the parent is with them all the time. And it's maybe not something that they did during their marriage. It could be something that they disagreed upon. And it's okay to disagree. You know, and then, I was just going to say, and then when you have that empathy and you understand, you're more willing to compromise. You're going to say, okay, well, now I kind of understand. I don't agree with it, but now I know why you're doing it. What if you did this? And then they just sort of come to more compromising. I, I just love this. Like you said it perfectly. Once they can understand, then they can start to negotiate and compromise and come to a resolution that they're both okay with. It's not exactly, of course, what they each wanted. That's why they're coming to mediation to see me. But they come to a resolution based on that understanding of why the other person is doing what they're doing or not doing what they're doing. And that's huge. It really is. You're listening to the Divorced Girl Smiling Podcast. My name is Jackie Pilisoff, and I'm your host. I'm here today with divorce mediator Brian James. He's been a mediator for 20 years. He is the founder of CEL and Associates. And Brian and I are talking about empathy. We're going to take a short break. When we come back, we're going to talk about what the person who doesn't have empathy looks like in a mediation session. And then we're going to hear more of Brian's story. We will be right back. Divorce leaves families vulnerable. Too often, spouses act prematurely or enter into a settlement agreement without knowing the financial impact. It doesn't have to be this way. My Divorce Solution offers the ultimate divorce tool, delivering financial clarity to individuals and couples considering dissolving a marriage. Both founders, one is a CDFA, the other a legal liaison, have been through a divorce and understand the many financial obstacles. Their unique financial portrait is a standalone document that identifies, assembles, analyzes, verifies, and interprets information about a divorcing couple's assets, debts, incomes, and expenses. The portrait offers a framework which then becomes the reference point of financial analysis with supporting documentation for every professional on your divorce team. Most families save thousands, if not tens of thousands of dollars using it. So if you're thinking about divorce or you're in the middle of it, obtain your MDS financial portrait because financial knowledge is essential when determining alimony, child support, and the division of assets and liabilities. It makes a difficult situation better for everyone. And you can learn more at mydivorcesolution.com. I also want to talk about mortgage lender Carla Kite. 
Carla is also a certified divorce lending professional. She's divorced, she's a mom, she understands what you're going through in this stressful time of divorce. Carla has been a mortgage lender for several decades. She loves the business, but what she equally loves is helping people going through a divorce. So if you wanna learn more about Carla, you can find her in the Trusted Professional section of Divorced Girl Smiling, and you can also find My Divorce Solution in the Trusted Professional section of Divorced Girl Smiling. Welcome back to the Divorced Girl Smiling podcast. This is Jackie Pillisoff, your host. Today, I'm talking about empathy, and my guest is divorce mediator Brian James, who I've known for over a decade. It's kind of crazy, Brian, that we've known each other that long. And um, I have so much respect for what Brian has built in his business. He has a great reputation in the industry. So many people know you, Brian, and they'll say, oh, I know Brian. He's really experienced. He's been around. You've really been around for a long time doing this. And not a lot of people can say that because mediation is not relatively new, but it's gotten a lot bigger in the last several years, I would say. Yeah, true. It has. It's still it's still not mainstream, but over my years of doing this, it is getting more and more known, which is good. And what I love about you is that you knew it all along. You knew it 10, 20 years ago that this was the way to go to have a better post-divorce life. Brian, tell me what somebody who doesn't have empathy, how do they appear in a mediation session? How do they present? So someone who doesn't have empathy are really self-centered. They only care about their interests and nobody else's. It's my way or the highway. When you talk about people that don't have empathy, people like to throw out the word narcissist because narcissists, the true narcissist has no empathy. They don't have the ability, nor do they care what anyone else thinks. Now, not every person who's getting divorced who doesn't agree with their spouse or isn't empathetic is a narcissist. But when you have someone that can't empathize, it's really difficult to get them to agree unless you can work it into where they're the ones that are coming up with the agreement. Because if they're the ones that are suggesting the agreement, or they feel that they're the ones that have made the agreement with their ex, they're more likely to comply with it. Because in the end, it's all about complying with your agreements. And that's one of the things with mediation is parties or the parents are the ones that are reaching the agreements and there's power in that they're not being told what to do by a judge i'm not telling them what to do as a mediator i'm helping them formulate ideas and different suggestions until they come to the agreement it's weird because you know it's it's monday morning right now and one parent could say it's monday morning and their co-parent doesn't believe them but i say it's monday morning the co-parent believes me because they have no empathy for their ex. They don't really care what their ex thinks or does, but someone else they care about. It's it's a really weird dynamic. All right. So what I'm getting here, I, I want to bring up an example, and this is what I'm getting from this. Remember the movie, My Big Fat Greek Wedding, where the girl wanted to work at a travel agency and her father would never hear of it. But her mother said, okay, we're going to make it so-and-so, the father, think that he came up with the idea. So they have this meeting with them and they go, 
oh, you know, so-and-so really needs help with the travel agent. And then the father goes, I have an idea. Let's have Tula work at the travel agency. And then the mother goes, what a wonderful idea. So, you know, that's a stretch. I'm just trying to drive home the point that if somebody thinks they had a say in it, they're more likely to comply. It's different situation, but that is spot on, Jackie. If you can help that other parent be the one to come up with the idea, even though the idea is out there and it come out of their mouth, that is so important because they're probably going to agree because it's their choice. It's they're the ones that are coming up with it. Because they're in control. And a lot of people going through a divorce don't want to lose control. They're insecure. They feel like they don't have control. So this way, if they feel like they had something to do with it, it makes them feel better about the decision. And the other thing I was going to say is that a lot of people getting divorced, everyone says, my ex is a narcissist. I'm divorcing a narcissist. But please understand, if you're listening to this, that people can become narcissistic and they can have a hard time with empathy only because they're going through the divorce. They might normally be an empathetic person, but during this hard time, it's hard for them to be empathetic. Would you agree? 100%. Because this is probably a lot of times the person who didn't want the divorce. They want to be married. They're very mad at their significant other. And unfortunately, they don't want to be nice to them. So they're going to do things that they normally wouldn't do. You know, I tell people all the time, I go, I know this isn't who you are most times in real life. This is a point in time where you're probably at your worst. You're going to say and do things that you look back and think, wow, that's not me. I I really shouldn't have done that. And that's important to know that you have that sense of awareness so it doesn't happen again. The other thing I was going to say to the listeners, tell me if you agree, Brian, if you are being empathetic, that doesn't mean that you're forgiving somebody for cheating or who was mean to you or who you feel abused you or divorced you to marry someone else. It doesn't mean forgiving. It doesn't mean forgetting. It just means understanding why the person did it. Right. It is. It's And, and it goes a long way. Yeah, it does. It really goes a long way when someone can say, I, I can understand why you feel this way or why you said that, what you said. I say that to people because I can understand why you said that. I can understand why you did that. I can start, understand why you closed those bank accounts. May not have been a good idea, but I can understand and empathize why you did it. And then their spouse is hearing that. And then once we get that out there, we work on how to change that. Let's get that bank account open back up again. Let's put things back in place that were normal. Because maybe someone read something online or a friend put something in their ear and they got scared. And then when your spouse hears that, it's like, okay, now I understand. I'm not happy that you did that, but I can understand why you did it out of fear. Or maybe because that spouse had done something in the past that warranted it. And then the uh, person feels validated. Like, okay, she now knows why I did it. And then they start to feel bad about it. So that's another thing. And then the people can get to a resolution so much easier because there's not all of that bitterness and anger and resentment that is so present. I want to move on to, in this article you wrote for Divorce Girl Smiling, which we're going to publish soon, you wrote, if my clients have children, I want them to be able to co-parent for the rest of their lives, having learned the communication skills they learned in my mediation sessions 
without resentment, bitterness, and perpetual anger. That's true. Yeah, even though it's really about the business, I look to try and ensure, ensure that my clients don't come back to me again in the future. I want to give them tools and work with them during the process on their communication to get to a better place. So once they are divorced, they never come back to the court system again, and they are good functioning, working co-parents. They're at the graduations together. They're at the weddings together. They're at the lacrosse games together. That's important. And the children grow up to be so much more secure and stable when they see their parents as a team, not two polar opposites who are working against each other. And and I'll, I'll tell people, divorce is going to affect your children. It does. There's no way to say it's not going to affect them at all. But how much it affects them all depends on the parents. It all depends on how the parents act towards each other, how they communicate, what they say, what they do, what the kids see. That's the key to everything is the parents. And that goes for a happily married couple, too. If somebody is in a marriage, and I shouldn't say happily married, just a married couple who's miserable could have the same exact issues. So you're actually better off getting divorced in many cases, learning the skills in mediation and being good co-parents so that your kids grow up with that sense of security. It's also like during mediation, I'll refer my clients to counseling, co-parenting counseling, how to work on things. It's not marriage counseling. They're not working on their marriage because I'll say, don't take this the wrong way. But until you learn why you're getting divorced, you may see me again for your second divorce. And I don't want that. I'm telling you right now, I don't want that. I want you to learn the things that happen during your marriage and divorce so they don't happen again. Wow. So and you're right. 70% of second marriages, or I think it, the new statistic is 66% get divorced. Yeah. We don't want that. Brian, I want to move on to your story. Tell my listeners why you decided to write this article and do this podcast about empathy. So when I'm talking with my clients and I'm talking about how I can empathize with them, sometimes they'll ask me, are you divorced? And I'm like, no, I'm not. I'm, I'm married with two children, never been divorced, but doing this as long as I have, I believe that I have the ability to understand many times and empathize with people why they're saying and doing the things they're doing. Because from a therapeutic world, getting divorced is the second most emotional time in someone's life. The number one is the loss of a child. And recently, I lost my oldest son, Connor, on June 24, 2023. And though there is no good that's going to come out of that, because he's gone, I try to find good things and things that I can use to help people. And that ability to empathize from me is now at the top because my family has suffered the saddest thing you can suffer. And now that I know that and actually have that in me and always will, I'm trying now to use that when I'm working with people. Because I've had people say, you have no clue. How dare you? You know, you just don't know how bad it is. And I will share my story with some people. Not because I'm trying to call them out or make them feel bad. It's because I want people to understand that now I truly have the ability to empathize why they're feeling the way they're feeling. And I want to use that to help people. 
Well, Brian, I know this is very painful and hard to talk about. And I personally want to tell you, since you're my friend also, that I am just so, so sorry. And I can't even imagine how devastating and painful uh, it's, it's, I can't even express how I don't even know what I would do. So um, I'm so, so sorry for your loss. And I have heard from some people who know you that Connor was just such a wonderful person and that you guys were really close. And so I, I am so sorry to hear this. I also want you to know that I have heard from a lot of people who know you that you have a great marriage. And so when people say to you, like, oh, you don't know what I'm, You're. have you ever been divorced? You know, you don't even know what I'm going through. Well, sometimes the best divorce professionals are the ones that know how to communicate and have good romantic relationships and have a good relationship with their spouse because you're able to teach them that from a personal level as well. Sometimes people who are divorced maybe aren't the best. There's a lot of divorce coaches out there who are like, oh, I'm on my third marriage. You know, not that I'm judging anybody, but you know, you have a lot of wisdom to impart being somebody who's been married for 30 years and been successful and are very happy. So um, tell my listeners, you said in the article that you're a huge proponent of therapy, especially when people are stuck. So how does that work into the mix? What if someone says, well, I'm, I have a divorce coach. I'm in mediation. We have divorce attorneys. I don't want to have another person I have to pay. It's, it's a lot about understanding why they are where they are. Because some people will say, you know, I, it happens that, you know, both parties have a play in why they're getting divorced. Maybe one person more than the other. But many times both parties are part of the reason why they're getting divorced. And helping someone with understanding what their part of it was, what their role is, and being able to move on from that. And you know, again, like I said, you may not completely forgive, but you need to be able to move on from the emotions surrounding your divorce. Because if you can't, that's going to affect everything you do with your co-parent in the future. You're not going to agree with things that you should be agreeing to because you're still angry or mad or sad or whatever the case may be, being able to work on those issues for the strictly purpose of being able to co-parent and also parent your children is really important because there's times, unfortunately, when someone is still angry at their ex, they'll take it out on their children because your children are little you and they may see their ex in their child. Same mannerisms, same words, same things they say. And they will then take out their frustrations on their ex, on their children. They may not want to, but they're still not understanding or being able to get better from their divorce. So true. And, you know, we're not saying if someone's listening to this, you don't have to go to therapy forever. Just go a couple times and see if it helps you. Because when you have another outlet to express all of your frustrations, like Brian said, you're not going to take it out on your kids and you're just going to be a happier person in general. So not only does therapy help you become a better co-parent, but it helps you have a happier life because you're getting rid of and dealing and coping with all of these unresolved emotions that you're feeling and you're really working on yourself 
so that you can be a better partner for someone else. Or even if you don't want a partner and you just want to be by yourself for a while, have a happier, more fulfilled life filled with good things instead of being overcrowded by resentment, bitterness, thinking about how he's so happy with his new wife and stuff like that. You don't need that toxicity in your brain. Yeah, there's a lot of people when I'm working with post-divorce couples that they will come back to me and probably sometime in the near panel, someone got remarried or someone started dating somebody. And all of a sudden, this great co-parenting relationship they had now isn't so great anymore. They're not communicating. They're not responding to each other. They're not able to reach simple agreements because this person still has some issues. Now, I work with people that have been divorced for 10, 15 years. And within five minutes of our first session, they're talking about things that happened during their divorce or during their marriage because they were never able to resolve those issues and move forward. You know, it's 2024. It's not 2008. You know, it, it, that's part of that being able to empathize why they're so angry because they never moved on from it. They never got that closure that they need so it doesn't affect their lives. Brian, this has been such a wonderful conversation. I think that the listeners have really gotten a lot out of this. So thank you so much for being here. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Thank you for letting me uh, spill on empathy. It's important. And I also want to tell you that I am saying a prayer for you and your family. I am saying a prayer for Connor in heaven. He sounds like he was just a wonderful boy. And, and again, such a tragedy. But thank you for trying to do something really good to get the message out from your own experience. Thank you. And this is, and it's weird to say this, but this is therapeutic for me. Not you know, weird in, to say at all. I'm in counseling now because this is something I've never dealt with before. I have no clue how to deal with it. I don't want anybody I know to ever have to feel the way my family feels right now. Because it's horrible. There, there are no good days right now. And I want there to be, you know, I was, that, I always, I was, you know, I, I, I practice what I preach. I always tell, you know, up until before Connor passed, I always tell people the benefits of counseling and moving on and getting to a better place. Well, now I'm doing the same thing. It's, it's even more important because again, now I have this real life experience with this and I want to use it to help people. Oh, Brian, I love that. And I wish you all the best and I wish your family the best and, I know that Connor is looking down and I know that he knows how much you love him. Okay, everybody, thank you so much for listening. I want to tell you if you liked what you heard and you liked Brian and my conversation and you want to have a consultation, you can reach Brian in the trusted professional section of Divorced Girl Smiling or at celandassociates.com. And if you want to listen to more podcasts or you want to read more articles or you want to read Brian's article on empathy or you want to find other trusted vetted divorce professionals, which, by the way, include therapists, divorce coaches, divorce lawyers and more, you can come see me at divorcedgirlsmiling.com. Thanks again for listening, everyone, and we'll talk to you real soon.